Today we conclude our message series on Lent, on discipline, an on-ramp to Lent. We've been reflecting in recent weeks on how to prepare ourselves for Lent by focusing on what's that one thing that we especially want to change during the Lenten season. That thing that in prayer we realize, man, I really need to change that thing, or that others have helped us to realize that we need to change that thing. And then how to use the discipline of Lent of using prayer, fasting, and almsgiving to attack that one thing that we want to change in our lives. So for example, If someone wants to change how they struggle with patience, they can use prayers like the surrender novena of being able to surrender control to God, and that helps someone by using that pillar of prayer of the surrender novena to help against any struggles that someone might have with impatience. If someone is seeking to grow in patience, then a good fast to attack impatience is by giving up yelling at people during the Lenten season, or perhaps honking one's horn when driving in traffic, or perhaps holding one's hand on the steering wheel so the hand does not do certain things when people do certain things in traffic. And that might be the fast that one chooses to use during the Lenten season and how we use almsgiving. Almsgiving is all about acts of charity, how we give to others. So those who struggle with impatience oftentimes can struggle with negativity. They focus on what doesn't go right rather than what does go right. So the almsgiving for someone who wants to grow in patience might be that they choose during the Lenten season to be extra complimentary to other people, to give compliments, to focus on what's positive with someone. And that might be the way that they grow in that charity. So again, as we prepare for the Lenten season this week and Ash Wednesday this week, let's reflect on what's that one thing that we most want to change, how to use prayer, fasting, and almsgiving to help make an effective change. Now, especially today, would like to reflect on the message of accountability. Because when we seek to enter into a Lenten discipline, the reason why sometimes we fail is because we don't have an accountability partner. It's much more effective when we seek to make a big change in our lives and we tell someone about that change and we ask them to help us to be accountable. What's interesting about the way Jesus heals the leper in today's gospel is essentially he's helping the leper to be accountable. I want to repeat this portion from today's gospel. But go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. Jesus tells the leper to go to the priest. He's keeping the leper accountable after Jesus has healed him. And it's fascinating, by the way, to study how Jesus heals people during the Gospels, how he sets them free. The words, the actions that Jesus uses to heal varies depending on what is that illness that they struggle with. And for those who were lepers, lepers were outcasts. Lepers were ostracized. Lepers were those people who did not have a community, and they literally had to go around saying, unclean, unclean. 
That's why Jesus says those words, be made clean. Because the leper, who knows how many thousands of times, had had to say unclean. He'd identified himself so much with that leprosy, Jesus heals him by saying, I want you to be clean. I want you no longer to have to go around shouting that you're unclean to those that see you from a distance. Imagine how healing that would be to no longer have to make that kind of humiliating declaration. But also, what could happen to a leper when they're not having to say that anymore is they could lack an accountability. Jesus was trying to help the leper not to fall back into places of sin, to remain in a state of grace. And he knew that the leper needed accountability in order to do that. The same thing for us. When we face temptations, when we hear that voice in our head that says, yes, I know you gave up Dr. Pepper for Lent, but it's okay just to have it this one time. Man, you've been working so hard. It's okay to have one Dr. Pepper. But if we know that we have an accountability partner, that there's someone that we're going to have to report and say, hey, did you have any Dr. Peppers this week? Yeah, I had one Dr. Pepper. But I heard that voice in my head. Then we're going to hear another voice in our head, right? That voice of accountability, the voice of the accountability partner. And we're going to go, no, I'm not going to have that Dr. Pepper. I'm going to keep with that Lenten promise because I know there's someone that I'm accountable to. Now, when you choose the person who's that accountability partner, please know if you're the accountability partner, accountability and nagging are two different things. I think sometimes we get them confused. Accountability is virtuous. Accountability is loving someone. Nagging is a sin. <laughs> Nagging falls under the deadly sin of wrath. It involves control. That's why nagging is bad, and that's why we hate it when people nag us, because we feel controlled. Most of us don't like feeling controlled, and so that's why we get mad when people nag at us. Accountability is loving someone. It's saying, I want you to be free of this thing that you struggle with. I want to help you in that struggle. I want to come alongside you. And that when you think your strength is failing, I want to be that support to you to know that you can keep going forward in that resolution and you can fulfill that resolution. That's what accountability is about. It's feeling supported. When we feel nagged, we just feel attacked. So if someone says that they feel like we're attacking us, then we're nagging them. If they feel that we're supporting, we're encouraging, we're helping them in the Lenten discipline that they've chosen to do, then we're being a good accountability partner. And who is that good accountability partner? That depends on your life circumstance. For me as a priest, my accountability partner for my Lenten discipline is my priest support group. I gather monthly with a group of priests. We pray for each other. We support each other. We share and say, what are those ways that we're trying to grow as disciples of God to be more virtuous, to attack that one thing that we want to change in our lives? They're that support for me. For those who are married, you might choose that your spouse is that accountability partner 
or your girlfriend, your boyfriend, the person that you're engaged to, your fiance. That might be who you choose to have as your accountability partner. But again, please be the accountability partner, not the nagging partner, all right? Let's keep on the accountability part because that's one of the beauties of the vocation of marriage. When I'm preparing a couple for marriage, one of the things I look at, do they help to make each other better? Do they help to complement each other's weaknesses with their strength? Part of an accountability partner is it someone who loves us in those places of weakness and wants to love us out of that place of weakness into a place of strength. That's the beauty of the vocation of marriage, is how the couple over the years helps them to compensate for the weakness one of the other to grow in virtue. The analogy I always like is of two rocks, and if you rub two rocks enough, they start to round out each other, right? So when I've known some of my good friends who have been married for many years, I love being around them and seeing how they've changed over the years, how they've helped each other to kind of with those little rough spots that used to be when we were younger and in college with each other, and I can see how their vocation of marriage is helping them, of how they've grown together in love, how they've been blessed with that love, how essentially they've been that great accountability partner, one for the other. That is what the vocation of marriage should help us as we grow in holiness, grow in accountability, and grow in that way that God desires to bless us. For those that are not dating someone, maybe a good friend would be that person for yourself. Or my personal invitation, especially this weekend, is for our small groups. We'll be doing a special Lenten small group study on giving up worry for Lent, because if after all of these homilies on preparing for Lent, you're still like Father Charlie, I still don't know what is the main thing to give up, you can go to the parish default, which is give up worry for Lent, okay? And there'll be a special way through a Lenten mission that will have a speaker, Gary Zimak, who wrote a great book on giving up worry for Lent. And you can follow along that way uh, if you want. If you don't have something specific that you're going to choose to focus on yourself, you can give up worry for Lent with us. And that Lenten small group is a great way. Small groups, again, are great accountability groups as well. My priest support group is basically a priest small group. And here at St. Albert the Great, we have various small groups. And again, if you don't have a small group, highly invite you, encourage you, sign up for that small group after Lent. And again, just know it's just for the Lenten season that you're committing to. Sometimes people are like, Ugh, I don't know if I can do a small group for a whole bunch of months. I get it. But maybe just for Lent, and that's part of what you choose for that accountability and that Lenten discipline is that you're going to sign up for that small group afterwards. And please also encourage people to come to our Ash Wednesday services. We're going to have Ash distribution services with Liturgy of the Word throughout the day on Ash Wednesday, and we'll have two Masses at 9 a.m. and at 6.30 p.m. Another great way to prepare for Lent is invite someone who normally doesn't come to church to come to Lent because those ashes are a hot ticket commodity is all I got to say, all right? So we're going to give out a whole bunch of ashes and I love it because it's that way of someone saying, I need God. 
I want to make a change in my life, and I know I need God's help, and please help invite people you know to come receive that blessing and to enter into that change period with all of us. So we focus on what God's inviting us to give up, and we say, Lord, I want to look for that person who will help me to be accountable and make that Lenten change to be faithful to my Lenten discipline.